0: Peter, you were just talking about why the separation of church and state was built right into the Bill of Rights, but I think that's pretty surprising given how religious a lot of Americans were.
1: Yeah, well, Brian, uh, yes and no, you're right and wrong. They might have been God-fearing, but they also looked to less celestial sources for inspiration. Well, of course you would go to someone who could look at your tea leaves and discern the future. There's nothing wrong with that. This is Adam Jordaner, a historian at Auburn University. Jordner says with no official national church, early Americans took full advantage of their newfound religious freedom. And we're not just talking about building a Baptist church or Jewish synagogue. There's a boom in publications about books of magic. There's a boom in publications about
0: interpreting your dreams. Uh, one guy went undercover to what he called the witches of New York, which was all the fortune tellers in New York. And he figured there were 1,600 people weekly who went to these, uh, what he called two and six penny witches. He was very thorough and he, he marks on all the different practices and people are divining by tea and they're divining by palmistry and they're divining the future by the moles on your face. Uh, and this is something people want. This is kind of a do-it-yourself um, way of getting around uh, your life. You don't need to go to a minister necessarily to
1: get advice. You can also go to a fortune teller. And if you were lucky, you might have paid a visit to the country's most famous fortune teller, Maul Pitcher.
0: She lives in Lynn, Massachusetts, uh, and she really did live on a house high up on a hill with Mm. two giant whale bones that formed her gate. The idea was that uh, if she had these giant whale bones in front of her house, then anyone who wants their fortune told could just ask, well, where, where might I find the giant whale bones? And then they don't have to admit in public that they're going to a fortune teller. Um, But uh, she was apparently consulted by uh, average folks, by average uh, sailors, uh, and also by uh, a lot of influential people in Massachusetts. One story was that uh, when she predicted a boat was going to go down, every single sailor left the ship.
1: Someone even suggested that President James Madison would have had better luck predicting British naval movements if he had consulted Mall (laughs) Pitcher. Well, did he? (laughs) No, Brian, he didn't. Madison and the other founders wouldn't have been caught dead talking to a fortune teller.
0: If you're relying on magic and you're Mm -hmm. relying on fortune telling then yep. you're not relying on your own industry. You're not relying on providence, uh, this idea mm. of you know God's will as expressed through history. And you're also, if you're listening to Mall Pitcher and you abandon this venture, well, you're not being a very good capitalist either. A lot of capitalist fortunes get wrecked because... If everyone left a whaling ship because she said it was going to go down, well,
1: how how could you plan for the future? So this is not the freedom of religion that uh, the founding fathers had in mind. This was not acceptable. This was dangerous. That suggests, too, uh, Adam, that religion is supposed to do something for the state if if it's one of the uh, uh, conventional religious faiths.
0: Yeah, the idea is that... um if we believe in religion, it's supposed to take us down the moral path. It's supposed to educate us. It's supposed to edify us and make us good. Uh, if you're going to go to a religion, it has to be a rational religion. There can't be any hint of the supernatural in it. If, if there were miracles, they had to have ended long ago uh, because modern miracles they assumed were false. And mm, if you believed right. in a modern miracle, you were being deliberately misled by someone who was out to get your money and to get your freedom. Uh, So there's a case in uh, in 1810 where uh, New York, one of these New York ministers goes and he buys a a magic charm that was for sale and he opens it up and he finds it's just a bunch of Latin words, a gobbledygook. And he says, Uh this is uh, dangerous because people might buy this thinking it will protect them. And he writes the government ought to stop such fatal practices whereby the lives of many are put in jeopardy. And he says he has to deliver those who are entrusted to my care from the shameful yoke of superstition. And this idea that if you go to a fortune teller or a diviner, you're not putting your trust in your reason. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And that's dangerous to the Republic. So uh, it seems strange that you'd waste the power of the state on going after fortune tellers, but it did happen. There were laws against fortune telling and Many of the states, Adam?
0: Yeah, there's laws in New Hampshire, New York, Massachusetts, uh, Maryland, uh, You know, usually classifying fortune telling with things like um, prostitution, uh, vagrancy, and uh, they're not prosecuted very often. There's a case in New Hampshire, there's a case in Ohio, but they are on the books in a lot of these
1: states. So Adam, you've described a certain wariness and even illegality to practicing the occult to fortune telling and so forth, but it's not rigorously enforced uh, because there's no real, clear, and apparent threat from mall pitcher or other fortune tellers. Uh, how does it become different when you're talking about groups who share beliefs and who practice them in some conspicuous way?
0: Yeah, and the connection with fortune telling is that fortune telling is classed as superstition and not religion. And when Mm -hmm. groups get classed as superstition and not religion, then then they get persecuted. Taking people's belief and saying, this is not protected by uh, the First Amendment. This is not protected by law because it's not really religion. Shakers get classified as superstition and not religion, and they're persecuted. And Native American prophets get classified as superstition, not religion, and they get persecuted. And Mormons, get classified as superstitious and not religious and they get persecuted. And then there is a a whole host of other religions um, that are successfully uh, prosecuted for these things and they don't survive. And those people like the Wilkinsonians, uh, the Osgoodites, the Cochranites. There's a group called the Screaming Children that crisscrosses Ohio. Uh, (laughs) So there's a fair number of these religions that that don't make it uh, in part because the state... Goes after them, and and sometimes it throws their leaders in jail, uh, and so those those are religions that are cropping up and getting shut down in the early republic.
1: Well, Adam, that that's an interesting history that most of us didn't know much about, but uh, of course we're past all that now. Our religion is no longer controversial, is it, or is it? Well, I don't I don't think so, Peter, and I think there's very much a 21st century version of
0: this, which is if you want to prosecute a modern religion, you define it as something other than religion. Uh, and I think uh, there is a parallel between what happened in the early Republic to groups like Native American prophets and and Mormons is, is happening now with American Muslims. And there's an mm. effort to uh, define Islam not as a religion, but as a kind of political philosophy and some sort of grand threat to the state. And once you accept that, then there isn't any need to respected as a religion religious Mm. rights can sort of go out the window
1: adam Jortner is a historian at auburn university and author of blood from the sky miracles and politics in the early american republic